Hey folks, I hope you and your loved ones are staying healthy and safe during these extraordinarily difficult times. Each day brings a new slate of headlines, and as always, we're here to make sense of it. Last week, Missouri and Mississippi announced that they will be suing China over its role in covering up the coronavirus outbreak and multiple Republican senators introduced legislation to allow lawsuits against foreign governments. Also last week, Republican Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell sparked outrage when he suggested that the federal government should let blue states go bankrupt before bailing them out. And in recent days, the Supreme Court has decided several landmark cases, including one that banned convictions based on non-unanimous jury verdicts. That case overturned a long-established precedent, setting off alarms for court watchers worried about the court's potential to overturn a host of other precedents, including Roe v. Wade. I talk about all this and more with Ann Milgram on the Cafe Insider podcast. Each week, we break down politically charged legal issues making the headlines. Today, we're making a clip from the most recent episode available in the Stay Tuned feed. To listen to our full conversation and access all other Cafe Insider content, try the membership free for two weeks. You can do that at cafe.com slash insider. That's cafe.com slash insider. And now college students with a valid EDU email qualify for a special discount. Head to cafe.com slash student and sign up at a special rate. Again, that's cafe.com slash student. We look forward to having you as a part of the insider community. All right, so let's move on to a, a very interesting litigation. There are a few litigations, but the most interesting of them comes from the state of Missouri, or Missouri, which has, in the middle of the pandemic, decided to sue China and various governmental agencies within China, including the Communist Party, which is an important distinction that they're making in their complaint. It's brought by the Attorney General of Missouri, claiming uh, harm to the United States, fundamentally on the ground that the Chinese authorities and others within the country of China concealed facts about the coronavirus, allowed it to spread in a way that it might not have had they been more honest about it, and it's caused devastating consequences uh, generally, but specifically, obviously, given who the lawsuit is brought by in the state of Missouri. So my question to you first, because you might have some experience in this, did you ever sue as Attorney General of New Jersey, China? We did not sue China. We did, did you not sue, sue any China. foreign countries? We did not sue any foreign countries. And generally, that's because foreign countries have something called sovereign immunity, meaning that one country doesn't sue, you know, that you can't just go and sue a foreign country. And we do that in part. And there are exceptions, of course, and we'll talk about some of those exceptions. But we do that in part because we don't want people in China suing the U.S. government. And we don't want people all over the world, basically, countries constantly suing each other and destabilizing geopolitical relations. Also, the concept of sovereign immunity doesn't just apply to foreign nations. It applies to government actors. You know, if you think about someone who's acting in their official capacity of government, they're often immune as long as they're not committing a crime. And so they can't be held civilly liable. And so it's the same sort of principle that we don't hold foreign governments liable as a rule. So the... The thing to think about with AG suing is that the vast majority of U.S. attorneys general are elected. I was not elected. I was politically appointed. There are four or five who are politically appointed or, you know, in New Hampshire, it's by, I think it's the legislature in Tennessee. I think it's the Supreme Court. New Jersey is the governor. But most state AGs are elected. AGs often go on to be governor. And so it's a very political position. And so, you know, we see the Republican AGs sue the Obama administration. The Democratic AGs have been suing the Trump administration. 
And, and so it's also a way when you bring lawsuits like this to get attention. And certainly the Missouri lawsuit has gotten a lot of attention because what they're doing is basically saying like, look, China, you've harmed us. And the language is very strong in the complaint, you know, quote, during the critical weeks of the initial outbreak, Chinese authorities deceived the public, suppressed crucial information, arrested whistleblowers, denied human to human transmission in the face of mounting evidence, destroyed critical medical research, permitted millions of people to be exposed to the virus, and even hoarded personal protective equipment. So they're basically saying like, look, China, you are to blame in at least in part for what's happening here. And so even if they can't legally win, and I believe that there's absolutely no that in a second, they are trying to make a point and they are trying to make political points, score political points as well. So let's take a look at what the possibilities are of they're getting anywhere with the lawsuit aside from making a symbolic statement. So as, as we said, generally speaking, people should understand, you can't just go around suing foreign governments and foreign actors because there's a reciprocity problem because we don't want that happening to us. But there are exceptions to that under something called the Foreign Sovereign Immunities Act, and in particular, Section 1605, if, in case you're taking the, the bar exam <laughs> in the near future. And one exception, and the one really that the only plausible one under which Missouri can be suing the defendants that they're suing is this. A foreign state shall not be immune from the jurisdiction of courts of the United States or the, of the states in any case in which the action is based upon an act outside the territory of the United States. So that's what you have here, something, an act or remission outside the United States, in connection with a commercial activity of the foreign state elsewhere, and that act causes a direct effect in the United States. So right off the bat, even if you're not a lawyer, I think your eyes focus on, on two phrases in that exception. One is, in connection with a commercial activity, and I think there's going to be a lot of dispute about whether or not the things that China did or did not do was in connection with a commercial activity not revealing certain information about the transmissibility of the COVID-19 virus. And then even, I think more problematically from a legal perspective is this idea of causes a direct effect. Did the things that the Chinese government and the defendants being sued, are those things the things that cause a direct effect on the citizens of Missouri? And lots of other things happened in between. There will be arguments that that Missouri, among other things, was one of the last to put in a stay-at-home order. There were other things that the United States could have done. And so the disconnect between these things that allegedly the Chinese government did that were bad and malicious and how connected they are to the harm in Missouri, I think is going to be a big part of the problem in the lawsuit. Yeah, I agree. And and they've tried to sort of get around some of these some of these problems, for example, you know, that you can't sue a foreign government by suing the Communist Party, which in China is essentially the government. It's not like we are here where there are multiple political parties. It's really the Communist Party is the state there. So the state of Missouri has been clever in sort of trying to get around some of the existing laws and restrictions, but ultimately I believe a court will dismiss it. You know, the other point that's worth making, and the, one of the reasons why you, you sort of know that this is not a viable legal theory, is that a lot of Republicans Republicans in Congress are making efforts to change the law to basically say the foreign right. you don't have to change the you don't have to change the law if the law permits the lawsuit exactly so like there are a number of Republican senators who have introduced legislation basically saying that we should create an exception in the the Foreign Sovereign Immunities Act like we did for terrorism and we should talk about that maybe a little bit more and unpack that you may, you may be familiar with that of course from the work you did but there are a number of Republican Congress people who are saying like look we need to change this to allow us to sue China for COVID-19 and so the fact that there's such a strong argument being made by the Republicans in Congress that we don't currently have that authority I think 
shows as clear as day that the Missouri lawsuit is not going to prevail. But, you know, we had a listener question from it. It was a great question. At Frugal Adventure writes, at Preparara and at Ann Milgram, read the lawsuit Missouri filed against China. Couldn't that exact same case be filed toward our federal government? All the main points sound familiar to our own response to the crisis. So the argument there being, look, yeah, China did a lot of things bad. Our federal government has has also made a lot of mistakes. You know, can you hold governments liable? And the general answer is that no, governments, people acting within the scope of their duty have sovereign immunity from civil litigation, from civil liability. The one point that is worth being made is that if people are not acting within the scope of their duty, if somebody commits a crime, if there's, for example, if it ever came out that there was criminal conduct, there was bribery or extortion, or the president was going to, you know, made a personal deal to profit off some of the medicines that he was promoting, that could basically pierce through that immunity and make the president or somebody in the administration liable for harm. But otherwise, people acting within the scope of their authority generally cannot be held to be liable. Yeah. I mean, I think I don't think it's called sovereign immunity when we're talking about American officials and a suit within the United States. Most officials, including United States attorneys and attorneys general and cabinet officials and others, have something that's known as qualified immunity, and there are exceptions to that. But in the same way that you know, an allegation could be made symbolically that the Chinese government didn't take action when it should have. I agree with the, the person who's asking the question that a parallel kind of allegation could be made now that we have more and more evidence of how much information the president had, how much the president was discounting the information that was coming to him. We understand now that threats about the virus were related in detail in the presidential daily brief again and again and again, something the president may not read or ignores. And in the same way, Again, not as a legal matter, but as sort of a general principled matter. In the same way, you can say, you know what? Put aside this lawsuit. You know, the Chinese government has some questions to answer and has to be called on the carpet for not being fully transparent and honest about what it knew about the coronavirus, and that's bad. And whether or not you can prove it as a legal matter under some statute in Missouri, you know, bad consequences arose from that. Maybe we can't prove it legally, but it's not good. And there needs to be an accounting of that. In the same way, I do think the same questions can be asked about our government, about people at the the head of our government who knew various things, who downplayed various things because the president didn't want the number to get high, said things that are fairly unbelievable, even after it was well known by the scientific community and the medical community that we were going to get substantial spread here in the United States. Again, I don't think a lawsuit will carry the day, but the point is fair. Yeah, it's a, it's a really important point. I mean, the lawsuit is basically showing frustration um, and the idea being someone needs to hold the Chinese government to account for how they responded to this virus and how they were not forthright with the world at large about what was happening. They tried to silence information about it getting out. Once it was clear that it was spreading worldwide and there were whistleblowers, remember the doctor in Wuhan who sadly passed away from COVID-19, but there were a lot of people who started to come out and sort of break through this lack of transparency and start sounding the whistle that this was about to be a human crisis of unprecedented scope. And so there is a lot to be said about the ways in which the Chinese failed and really were bad. And you know who should be holding the Chinese accountable? The United States government, the federal government, and other countries in the world. And there should be enormous pressure that's put on China. And frankly, I think there's an argument that the World Health Organization, I personally think they're incredibly important, but there is an argument that they need to be stronger with countries like China. And basically, there needs to perhaps be international groups reinvigorated who go and do 
inspections of facilities and labs. One of the biggest sins about the way the Chinese handled this is the failure to have pushed out information and the efforts to cover it up. And you say correctly, I think there's a lot of evidence now coming out that the president lied to the American public about what was happening. And I say that, you know, I don't usually say things like that. But if you look at the sequence of events and the information he had at the time that he was saying, we think we've contained the coronavirus when nothing could be further from the truth, you could really raise questions about the failures of government. And so I agree with you. There needs to be a process. I just, I I think the civil litigation aspect and the sort of individual states or citizens suing, you know, as a rule, we haven't allowed it to happen. But again, as a rule, we've been in a world where governments have taken action. So I don't favor suing China. I don't think it's the right thing to do. But I do think you're right that there has to be an accounting both of the Chinese and of our own federal government. Yeah. And look further to that, I just think that if the state attorney general wants to bring a suit and be creative, Godspeed. But you want to make sure that people aren't using a lawsuit against China or other rhetoric against China that definitely has to answer some questions and be held accountable in various ways as a substitute or a shield from asking tough questions about this administration. I mean, we, we, there's been reporting. Correct. Yeah. That talking points have been, have been circulating among Republican allies of the president, advising them on how to talk about coronavirus in the lead up to the election. And one of the things that they're being asked to do is blame China, blame China. And look, maybe there is some blame on the part of that country. There probably is. In fact, there surely is. But to the extent it is a political and rhetorical strategy to deflect from the responsibility of our own government when we have approaching 60,000 deaths in this country, then I think it's unwarranted. Yeah, and that's a great point. I mean, look, there's a lot of blame to go around. What we have to hold our leaders accountable for is that regardless of how it came to our shores, once it was here, our government had a responsibility to act responsibly, fairly, to take into account what it needed to do to, to protect the health and well-being of the people of the United States. And basically, we've seen enormous failures. And we continue to see enormous failures. The federal government has really, in some ways, abdicated responsibility for leading the response. And so they're sort of half in and half out. And we're going to talk about this probably as time goes on in terms of how the states will reopen and how much deference is being given to individual governors, which is right in part, but also there's a deep absence and void where there usually would be federal leadership in this space. And beyond that, just the way that the initial response to the pandemic was handled bears and warrants just a huge amount of criticism. So your points are all well taken. Look, I don't know what the fate of these bills will be in the Senate and the House with respect to there being suits allowed against China with respect to COVID. It's not unprecedented. It happens from time to time. Just a few years ago, Congress passed something called the Justice Against Sponsors of Terrorism Act, or JASTA, which is a thing that allowed families of 9-11 victims to sue Saudi Arabia for damages. Now, we spent some time earlier in this conversation talking about the need for reciprocity and the worry that if we go around making exceptions to the Foreign Sovereign Immunities Act and allow citizens to sue folks in other countries, that's going to happen to us. Will be embroiled in litigation. At the end of the day, you're not going to get any damages anyway because people will just refuse to pay. And by the way, even if that suit in Missouri gets anywhere, I don't expect any dollars to be forthcoming from the Chinese government at all. So there's another reason why it might be futile in the long run. But with respect to this change in legislation that allows 9-11 families to sue, you know, it's an overwhelmingly popular thing. It's, I think, quite different from the COVID virus, but it, it's an overwhelmingly popular thing. You have these families who were damaged irreparably, and there's potential liability and culpability on the part of people in Saudi Arabia. Why shouldn't they be able to sue? And in fact, the law passed overwhelmingly 
in both the Senate and the House. And then President Obama, back in 2016, actually vetoed the bill, despite its political popularity, because of consequences that he and his advisors would think would flow from it in terms of our relationships, our alliances, and also people doing the same back to us. And the House and Senate handed Obama his first veto override, 97 to 1 in the Senate, and 348 to 77 in the House. The only person who voted not to override Obama's veto of that bill was the Democratic leader, Harry Reid. So these things can be popular, but I do, I do have some sympathy for the commentators who say, look, I guess you could have a system in which every time America is harmed in some way by some other country, you could go back into the statute and put in an exception after the fact so that people could sue. You know, these people, I think, legitimately say, maybe not the greatest thing in terms of reciprocity and foreign policy. Yeah, you know, I think one of the things I read that I thought was the smartest on this was from John Bellinger, who was a lawyer in the in the Bush administration, the National Security Council. And he's talking about this move in Congress to basically allow an exemption so that you could sue China over COVID. And he basically says sovereign immunity, basically this principle that foreign governments are immune from lawsuits in U.S. courts. He says sovereign immunity is based on reciprocity. The United States respects the principle of sovereign immunity, not as a favor to other countries, but because we expect other countries to respect and protect the immunity of the United States and its officials in their countries. The United States has protested vehemently when other nations have allowed investigations of the United States government or its officials for controversial military actions. If Congress allows lawsuits against China to proceed here, China may well retaliate by allowing lawsuits against the U.S. government or its officials in China, and so on. And so he's basically arguing, yes, we should hold China accountable, but we shouldn't peer sovereign immunity. And, you know, it's interesting, after JASTA, a number of people like Mitch McConnell and others who very strongly supported allowing that exception to the Sovereign Immunities Act have since said that they did not understand the full ramifications of it, that it basically, it really destabilizes the ability of the United States to act abroad as well. And so it really is an important concept. And Obama went out very, very strongly in opposing it. And again, this was politically very difficult, but there was huge support for it at the time. And I think history has sort of come to the conclusion that it's a lot more complicated than it was it was made to seem. Speaking of Mitch McConnell and his understanding of various things, he has said in recent days... That states should be allowed to go bankrupt. I hope that you've enjoyed this sample of the Cafe Insider podcast. To listen to the full episode, head to cafe.com slash insider and try out the membership free for two weeks. Interested students with a valid EDU email can head to cafe.com slash student. To the many of you who have chosen to join the Insider community, thank you for supporting our work.